hello, hi. Welcome to and or back to the Aqua Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Trace. Woo! Cloud applauds. Stumbled over that one. Um, I am in a different location if you're watching this. I rotated my desk 90 degrees. And so now you have a better look at my hoof. I went to an Ida Hammer Clinic and I, I trimmed him. His name is Boris. I trimmed him. And then they were like, do you want to keep it? And I was like, I feel like I can't say no to that. I can make a shadow box. <laughs> so that's what I did. I am not living up to the crazy horse lady stereotype at all. No, it couldn't be me. This cord is just okay. Um, anyway, we are not starting off the video with a cat this time. Very happy. Or the episode, I should say. This isn't a video. Sorry. Fourth wall. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so welcome back. This is episode, what, 94? Maybe? Can you believe I've done 94 of these? I was legitimately working on a resume all week. Those are so hard to write. Like, I can tell you a story with some powerful adjectives, but ask me to write a resume and sum up what I do in just a couple sentences? What? Um, first of all, I am a horse trainer, a behavioral consultant, an exercise writer, a farm manager, a secretary, and that's just for this place. And uh, then I do YouTube, podcasting, Instagram. I run my own website. I edit all my own videos and podcast episodes. I write all the captions, design all the graphics, and, you know, I got a lot of skills. What can I say? Are any of them good for much? I'm... You tell me. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, I've been struggling with that lately. I feel like very normie. That's that's a thing that normal people do, not horse people. Because um, like in the horse industry, do you ever have to submit a resume? Be honest. You don't. <laughs> but um, I'm going into practicum this fall, which means I have to get a site where I will be working with people or in some capacity, like in a mental health facility, um, for my degree. So <coughs> allergies, I'm not cutting that out. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, 
But yeah, so that's that's what's been going on. Been working on that resume, trying to figure out how on earth I can possibly fit into a couple sentences how absolutely incredible I am. For legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of things have been happening lately. And uh, if I'm titling this episode, I'm thinking I'm going to title it, then this is going to be a heavier episode. But I kind of just want to talk about some... Some, like, regular things at the beginning of it, you know, before we get into, like, the content content. Um, so, if you, if you will, allow me to just ramble about some things that have been going on in my life and that I enjoy and I want to talk about. Okay? Cool. So, um, some things I would like to talk about are include to start that I have been watching almost exclusively the H3 podcast <laughs> because it comes out three times a week and I need something to watch that often in the background. I thoroughly enjoy having, um, my dog is barking, sorry. Um, thoroughly enjoy having some form of like entertainment going on. Um, God forbid I hear one of my own thoughts. (laughs) It's been a joke that keeps coming across my TikTok for you page. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like my animals are great. And while yes, they do talk, it's not a conversation that I'm particularly interested in listening to all the time. So, uh, you know, just while I'm doing things like cooking by myself, I'm like, wish, I wish I had something to do. So I listen to podcasts because, you know, I'm going into mental health and I want to be mindful and practice mindfulness and like romanticize everything that I do. But also some days I just, I just don't want to be present while I'm cooking. Okay, it sucks. I hate cooking. <laughs> I thoroughly dislike it. But um, I've been using Hungry Root. I switched from HelloFresh to Hungry Root. Uh, I don't know if this is at all interesting, but HelloFresh is great. And I used it for over a year, I think. But then I started going for more of a gluten free dairy-free type diet and so I had all of these things like in my pantry and in my cabinets that were uh, like gluten-free panko and dairy-free this and whatever so when I get my HelloFresh I would like swap out the products for the gluten-free ones and I was like okay this is getting ridiculous but if it's not like okay I haven't aged a knee and while it's not an excuse it's an explanation uh my brain I have to figure out how to get it to cooperate with me like I want to cook but I, I don't I want to eat let's say um, which means I have to have a meal but if I eat gluten and dairy my face breaks out really bad my skin gets very inflamed and I have joint pain somewhat that mostly has gone away since getting off the birth control which I talked about ad, ad nauseum in a previous episode um, but yeah so those things are like I just I I really want to fix my gut microbiome you know so I can fix my face and my hormones and get them rebalanced after making some big changes in my life and uh it's 23 years of absolutely trash diet that I have to undo so we're working on that you know and um so I I switched to Hungry Root just because they have more like options that fit that diet it is 
um i have a student i had a student discount on HelloFresh, so it was like 50 bucks a week maybe i think it was like 49 bucks um and hungry root is pricier but i mean you know anytime you want to eat anything organic or like decent for you it's it's like triple the price but um so all of my money currently is going to something that I don't enjoy doing which is getting groceries for things that I have to cook and then eat and I swear if I could take a little pill that would just make me like meet all of my dietary needs and maintain me I would I just don't care about like making meals and like oh enjoying the taste like it's nice every now and again every day though three times a day that's a lot, bro. So, um, I'm like a granola bar in the morning type beat. And, um, in the middle of the day, like, <laughs> will we eat? If my boss takes me to one of the, um, like local, we have two local restaurants. And if we go to one of those, then I will get a salad with chicken because that's all I can eat at those places. Because they're like, do you want a hot dog or a hamburger? Um, also looking at the audio wave links, I have not been talking to the mic this far, so I'm going to try, um, which means I might need to turn up my gain so that I can talk from a little bit further back. Um, this mic is excellent for having stellar audio quality, not so great for visual purposes because I don't want to be this close. Okay. Um, anyway, just make up on my mic now. Uh, what else has been going on? What have I got? doing i went to my endocrinologist nurse practitioner which i have to say i'm really a fan of this like you know the direction that i i believe things are going um my sister's a nurse practitioner so you know familiar with it but um you know my uh, where i get my adhd meds from uh is prescribed well, it's not prescribed by a nurse practitioner, but she's who I talk to. And then she has the prescriber do it. And she's the one that decides if I like, you know, need it or don't. Um, and does the assessments, I guess. Um, and so for the endocrinology, like women's health, hormone testing type things, um, I see a nurse practitioner. And I also talked to another one when I thought I had a thyroid issue. Um, so I'm, I'm really a fan of that m- movement because, um, like, I forget, I think I was talking to my sister, uh, about this. Cause I was like in the horse world, you don't expect your vet to be good at farrier work or trimming hooves or, um, like I know that the dental thing is a little bit depends on where you live. But in my experience, vets are not very good at dental care. Uh, you know, horse dentist an equine dentist that specializes in equine dentistry is much better at it generally um depends on if they're a charlatan or if they actually know what they're doing but um yeah so i i much prefer people that have like their craft or their area um instead of you know like i feel like pcps are great for some things i haven't had one in quite some time but um you know like I don't know. I just feel like you get better answers when somebody has dedicated all of their time trying to learn about this one thing rather than trying to learn about everything. Um, so, and you also tend to get more like more avenues to treatment. And so I've really been enjoying going to, um, an NP nurse practitioner 
endocrinology type thing. Um, and she, she and I have been talking about it because my acne is like really dreadful and it just, it doesn't look like it. I'm looking at myself in the camera and you can't, I mean, you can see a couple, but, um, this time I might actually insert a picture of my acne, what it looks like currently. Like I took a picture of it yesterday and I'll put it right here. Be nice. Um, but my face is just absolutely shredded from hormonal changes. And I went to her yes, uh, Tuesday, today's Friday. And I was like, help seriously. So, um, yeah, we're, we've got some things we're going to try. Um, I am really just trying to figure out like what is going on in my body. Uh, you know, I've been on things like spironolactone and I know Accutane's an option, um, though for some reason, like I'm afraid of it. <laughs> I just have heard a lot of things, but I've also heard a lot of good things, but I'm just like very like on the fence about that. And as I'm like trying to take everything out of my body to see where we are underlying and then like go from there, I'm, I'm not keen to like add something else, you know? And at, at the same time, I'm like, okay, why is my face breaking out so bad? Obviously there's something wrong and, uh, coming off of birth control, your hormones are all over the place. And so it's going to take some time for your body to readjust and like start making its own hormones again and get used to, you know, tolerating those hormones again, um, and balancing them, regulating them. So that's to be expected, but it's been a long time at this point. It's been, I think eight months and, you know, it might not be long enough, but I can't keep going like this. My face is so bad. <laughs> like, I really can't. And I would really like to be able to do my podcast without having to do a full face of makeup. Because let me tell you how my day went today. I put on makeup and I was like, I'm going to go to the vet and I'm going to come back. And then I'm going to record my podcast. And then I'm going to go ride. Because uh, the horses can't, uh, like, you're pretty much between eight and 10 that you can't do anything because they're eating, uh, they eat grain and then they go eat hay and alfalfa. So between that time frame is a don't disrupt them kind of thing. So I would like to start doing it earlier. And today I really wish I would have because, oh my God, it was so hot when I rode. Uh, so I did my makeup before I went to the vet and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit because that's what, like, what this episode is actually about. Um, but, you know, updates are nice. I don't want to start out the top of the show with a bunch of heavy nonsense. So, like, let's talk about just life, okay? You know, horse people are not only horses. Yeah, so I, I put on a full face of makeup before I went to the vet because I was like, I'm going to do, be doing the podcast after. And also, I kind of am, like, so self-conscious about my face right now. I feel uncomfortable leaving the house without makeup on because again it's bad it's it's like very bad I look like I have a road rash on my face so um I was like I'll do that and then I'll record the podcast and then I'll get on six and that's not what happened I don't know why I thought that that, like I could just like wham bam everything would be fine so I ended up riding and then I was like, oh God, okay, I'll record it after. Then I came inside and I was like, ooh, <laughs> makeup just all melted off my face. Gonna have to take a shower and then I'm gonna have to redo my makeup. So that's what I did with some other stuff mixed in there, but you don't need to know my whole itinerary of the day. Um, I have an itch in my ear. That's nice. 
like these headphones. I feel very professional. At first, it was really weird to, um, to, cause I have like a little audio interface thing so I can hear myself as I'm talking. And at first, that was very not, not my thing, but now I'm used to it and I don't mind it as much. Uh, the chords are a little bit a lot. I will say that, um, I just really foresee some weeks that, I might just upload an audio version and you might not get the video. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to hold myself to the standard, but like today I was like, man, I really don't want to put on makeup again. I have to do it twice. It's the worst. I don't like doing it at baseline and like, I'm not good at it. Uh, this like, I don't think my eyebrows are even at all. And also I frequently get comments that they look sharpied on and that my eyelashes are that of, 2013. I'm very proud that I actually have long eyelashes. And uh, so leave me alone. And I don't hate my eyebrows and it certainly looks better than it does when I don't have them on. Um, I just look surprised all the time when I don't have them on because they're super light for some reason. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. There might be sometimes that I, I do and sometimes I don't. We'll see. But yeah, what else? 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 I think that's about about it. I feel like I had another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I've been writing a lot more lately, and it feels really nice. Like, I I wasn't writing for quite some time there, just because we were like everything. the The full move. Oh my god, I'm yawning now. <laughs> the move took like. I mean, we got everything here over the course of like four months, but like to get fully settled took like a year and a half. And so we're finally just now like where the arena's built and we're like situated. And so I've been riding Wiley and Six and I rode Danny some, but then he ripped his shoulder open. So that's been fun. But um, it's been super nice. Like today when I rode, there was a turtle in the arena because we have a pond right next to it. Um, we also have the, like angry snakes, danger noodles for real in the pond. Uh, they like rattled their little tails and then turn around and <laughs> so don't know what to do about that other than get like the predatory snakes that would eat those snakes. Um, but I don't know where you get those and how you tell them what to do. So we shall see. But if I'm ever in the arena and there is a, a danger noodle threatening me and a horse, I will be afraid. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess I can get into the the actual topic. Uh, 20 minutes almost into the episode. So, where to start, where to start? Uh, I made a post a couple of days ago on Instagram fully explaining Raina's story, but, uh, let's recap. So just buckle up, sit down, relax. I hope you're stuck in traffic and you're like, I don't got anything better to listen to because this is a story about a horse that you don't know, but I think is going to be a demonstration of just, it's so tough sometimes to know what the right call is. And I don't know how what I'm going to say is going to be received, but, um, please know 
going into this, we are only human. We are not omniscient and uh, nor omnipotent. What's the difference? Is omniscient just like third person omniscient where the, like the reader knows what's going on and the characters of the story don't? I think I meant omnipotent. I get those words confused. It basically means the same thing. Okay, I think just omniscient is only books. Anyway, um, so we are not omnipotent. We don't know everything. And we had a plan and were not able to follow through with it because we were trying to do what was best for the horse and ultimately decided that maybe we were wrong about what was best. And also... The definition of what is best is kind of gray in this circumstance. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you the story. Let's let's kick it off. So, back in, I think it was October. Well, really, backing up even more, I remember in, like, August, September, my boss was like, hey, we have uh, a rescue that has this foundered uh, Spanish mare. And her name is Raina, and they got her out of a kill pen in California. And I just totally lost that word for a moment. Um, and she was like, and she's bred. So uh, I think we're going to take her. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, their rescue is probably much better equipped. Why would we do that? And like, we just moved into this farm. I don't know that we're set up for a foundered horse. And she was like, we'll figure it out. And we did. Um, so about October, I think, is when we got Raina here. And I'll, I'll throw in some pictures of uh, when she was at the kill pen. And then when she went to the rescue. And they, they had a vet look her over. And they thought that she would fall out in, like, March. And uh, they chopped off her like excess hoof that was just so terrible and way way overrun um like her toes had just gotten so long and heels were like under her feet so we got her after they they'd done some work on her and that was in October so she was like six or seven months away I can't do math this quickly without dead air um and we got her in. I remember we got her in late one night uh, in the fall. And I walked her into her stall and, like, made it all up for her and everything like that. And then uh, she was turned out for a little bit until I really, really pushed that maybe she shouldn't be on grass. And then uh, after some persuasion, we got her to come inside. And then she lived in a stall and I will say listen it is not ever my favorite thing in the world to put a horse in a stall like it it has to happen sometimes like we bring our horses in that you know maybe get special supplements or are a little bit you know going through something like need their hoof care or maybe they get run off their feed and so they need some like privacy or they get fed something different than everybody else in the field so we bring them in to eat and then turn them right back out um Raina, on the other hand since she's foundered I will give you the explain it to you like your five explanation of founder so diabetes is essentially what we're dealing with Raina is 
like we haven't done the proper testing, but just knowing the breed and the issues predisposed to, um, I would say she's insulin resistant and is like having metabolic issues with that and probably hasn't been on an IR diet. She's probably been fed regular feed and, uh, an IR diet is like absolutely no sugar, no carb and well, carbohydrates like, you know, so it's a very, very low NSC diet and we've been feeding her, uh, hot soaked alfalfa pellets to, um, get some of the sugar out, I believe. And then kiss trace pellets because we're in the South, uh, which is good for her feet. And then, um, Equibone and what's the other one? Lifeline plus that one is a gut health, like ulcer preventative maintenance situation. So she has been inside and for a while she was, you know, always like moving around in her stall. She'd be in, she'd be out because there's like a little run out yard type thing on the back of her stall. And when it got closer and closer to my cat, um, to her due date, uh, she just stopped moving ever. We had to move her water over to that side of the stall. Everything was like within reach because she was struggling so much. I mean, she had like a hundred and not a hundred LOL, um, like three to 400 extra pounds on her. And so we were like, and you know, we had our vet out several times to look at her and, uh, he was like, I don't know what the right call is. It's up to you guys. And we were like, well, we'd like to, you know, see what happens if she has the baby, if she, um, you know, miscarries or if, you know, if it'll happen and we'll let her decide if she gives up, she gives up and we'll respect it and do what we need to do. But, um, she doesn't seem to have completely yet. She's just immobile. And, uh, when we got ready to take her to our vet, just because she seemed like a very high risk pregnancy, um, we took her and she walked right up on the trailer. She was so good. And she was there for six days before she, uh, popped out her little baby. And we actually, uh, like the day we dropped her off, we got her registration number and found out that she's not a Lusitana like we thought. She is, in fact, an Andalusian. And she is her... What is her registered name? It's Puebla Reina. It's like Puebla Reina. Um, so her name is probably actually Reina, but we her name is Reina now. Um, she... I believe it means like... I forget what it was. It was like a hick, a hillbilly, something like that. I was like, that's not very nice. But Puebla Reina sounds very nice. So I'll rock with it. But we call her Reina. And uh, my boss, Sunny, was able to get some pictures of her. And her feet were still bad back then. And uh, found her that she had another uh, cult back in January of, I think it was 2014, and he was black, I believe. So we were like, 
well, there's no telling. I mean, it's been several years since then, <laughs> eight. And so we didn't know what to expect. And six days after we dropped her off at our vets in these massive box stalls, they're awesome. Uh, and they put like the little uh, birth monitor on, they sew it in. So when they like get ready to, to go, it pops and alerts of that. Um, she, uh, six days, we were all expecting another week cause she didn't like, you know, get super waxy or anything like that. And so, uh, I, I woke up at like six 30 the other morning and my boss was like, Hey, uh, we have a baby <laughs> and he is a little red guy. And since Reina means queen in Spanish, I took it upon myself to Google some some names. Uh, I think I Googled Spanish names because I was like, you know, he's Andalusian at least. We don't know anything about the sire. So, you know, we'll give him a, a Spanish name because he's, he's at least half Andalusian. And so we, like, I couldn't find one that, like, really looked like it fit him because he's kind of goofy but he's super cute and super friendly I mean the vet tech said he just like the second he popped out he popped up and is just like up in everybody's business that is not afraid of humans whatsoever is like into everything so brave so curious just like doesn't know fear uh and he but he has Raina's ears and Raina's ears are very silly they like flop out to the side and she doesn't have anything in them or anything wrong with them they just kind of like little dog ears and he has the same exact ears so it is genetic and so um anyway I I was just scrolling and then I found this Irish name uh, uh, allegedly according to literally one rando article on google I have no idea um it said Rory R-O-R-Y that name is a um, an Irish name, meaning Red King. And since Reina's name means queen in Spanish, Rory, being a chestnut, a little red boy, um, is a Red King. So his name is Rory. I thought that was rather clever of old Jill. And even more clever is he's actually not a chestnut. So... I'm going to try and relay to you guys what I was told by my boss because she actually apparently was able to finally get into contact with the people that um, own the stallion. So, uh, like, I don't know how on earth this happened. I guess, you know, maybe since, like, we have the foal now, she was like, I really need to, like, pursue the owners. Sorry. Readjusting. Um and because you know we might want to get him registered or whatever and so she did found the owner of the stallion and the stallion is a cremello so this is all information that i learned like two days ago so please don't shoot me if i'm wrong i don't know much about uh colors and genetics and stuff that is not an area that i have broached yet because i don't breed horses or study color genetics and DNA. So it is what it is. But from my understanding, a, I just realized a point that I forgot to cover earlier. So we'll circle back to that. Um, remind me it was about feet. Okay. And explaining 
just I'm so all over the place. Um, so he's a Carmelo, which means that he is a dilute. So when he breeds with a bay like Reyna, you get a diluted version of her color in the direction of a Cromello. So um, Rory is a red roan, not a uh, chestnut. That's my understanding. He came out with pink around his eyes and pink skin. Um, that may darken and may not. I don't know. Um, so if you know more about that, let me know. Cause I don't, I don't know, but Raina is definitely a bay. Uh, as far as what breed he is, um, I, I, I'm like forgetting now. I want to say she said he's hundred percent Andalusian. No, he's a Lusitano. Okay. I remember now because I made a joke. Um, cause I was like, well, what do you call a cross? And she was like an Andalusian Lusitano. And I was like, what about an Andalusitano? That sounds much better to me. So that is what he is. He is half Andalusian, half Lusitano and a red roan, which is very cool. And yeah, so Reyna was given away because the, the owner before the rescue didn't think that she got into foal and, um, couldn't get her feet right and was tired of dealing with her. So he gave her to his vet and, uh, or not vet, his farrier, who I believe then gave her to a kilpin and the rescue got her and saved her. And then she came to us. So the problem with and why she can't be on grass and why she has to be on a stall what I was explaining to you as if you were a five-year-old before I forgot to continue explaining it is that she's basically diabetic which means if she has sugar her body just simply can't handle it and as you can see behind me this is odd that I just happen to have this here um see this little this little triangle shaped bone right here that is the coffin bone within the horse hoof this one here. And so when a horse founders, this bone starts tipping like this way. So um, if you're listening, it starts, the bone starts turning over forwards and down to where the tip of the coffin bone would be trying to poke through the bottom of the sole. And um, so that's basically what Raina's feet have done, except they have been tipped for so long. She's been foundered for so long that the pressure has made her coffin bones start to bend upward in what we call a ski tip. And so they're tipped down and then they curve up because of the pressure. And so it's amazing. Sorry, touching that. Uh, it's amazing what the body does to try and compensate for things like that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, when we got her, she had zero soul depth. Like she was so close to the ground. Uh, that bone was almost on the ground and it's really a miracle. She didn't come through her feet, but we put her in the easy boot clouds, which after I talked to a bunch of like rehab professionals, that's what they said is really the best thing for that. Um, and she seems to be much more comfortable in them than without them. And so that's what we've been doing with her. We've been trying to get it figured out. But the thing is, like, she's never going to recover, right? So her feet are always going to be a problem. And because she's, like, just because a horse founders or has laminitis, um, 
you know, and founders once or twice doesn't mean that they're like a lost cause. You can absolutely come back from that. But if a horse is a repeat founder and has a coffin bone like Raina and so much remodeling with the bone and also the hoof itself, like it is all jacked up in there. Um, there is not a whole lot of hope for like a future. I mean, it's so hard to be like uh, about it, but like, here's the thing. Like, can, could we, you know, get the best of the best farriers and vets involved and do all of this stuff while this horse is still like sore and needing to have all of this. Like the thing is we live in Arkansas and we are very limited in our professionals and we can't take this mare, you know, multiple hours away to the people and like proper facilities that could handle something like that and do the rehab for her. And so it, it sucks. But like at the end of the day, it's like, we can do the best we can, but that's really all we can do. And, um, also she's not mine and my boss really cares about her and is going to do everything she can for her. But, um, I just, I wanted to talk about Raina and tell you guys about her and her story and what we've got going on because it's, it's just not super easy to be in the horse world sometimes because you have to make really tough calls. And with Raina, it's like, how, how long is too long, (laughs) you know? And so we've just all kind of made the decision that when she is done, we will euthanize her and, uh, but not until then. And we will keep her on a tight, regular trim cycle. We'll make sure that she has, um, you know, comfortable, easy boots that fit her and we will do our very best, you know, keep her on a strict diet and, you know, just try to help her along and keep her going in the right direction. But, uh, it's just really hard to know what the right answer is and try to do right by the horse when there's like no real clear answer. And so this is the other element. So when she like, okay, let me back up a little bit one more time. So she came to us starving, pregnant and foundered. That's a very complicated combination because, you know, with pregnant, they need lots of, lots of energy and food and resources to give to that baby. But when they're starving, their body also needs it. So you have to feed the full before you can feed her because her body's going to give it all to the full. And on top of that, she's got a foot issue that we need to correct through diet and, you know, making sure she's good in that department. But um, all of her resources are being drained by her baby. So our thought was, and we talked about this ad nauseum with um, some hoof care professionals that I know, and I talked about it with my boss, Sunny, and we were in agreement that the best thing to do for her was when she gives birth to have a nurse mare on standby, just in case something goes wrong with her. And, um, you know, it's, it's tricky with metabolic issues because obviously giving birth and being pregnant is a lot of hormones involved. And so, we were very worried that that was going to change her metabolically and cause her to tip through and 
you know, be walking on bone, at which point you must euthanize in most cases. Um, and we would have to because we don't have anybody that has the, like, expertise to work on that. So we were like, we need to have a nurse mare ready to go. And uh, we have some places around us that do it. And it's not my favorite thing in the world, but um, some of them are more ethical than others. I just kind of stay out of that altogether because it's just, that's a story for a a different episode, you know. But um, anyway, we were in agreement that we would get one, um, you know, not like bring it in until any until everything was like settled but um regardless we were going to use one just to get the baby off of Raina so that she could use all of her body's resources to start healing herself and so when she had her baby six days after we took her to the vet and that was um on Tuesday no Wednesday it was on Wednesday uh so that's it's Friday. So it was three days ago, two days ago. Do you count today? I don't know. Three days ago. Um, and so I woke up and I saw the text and I was like, Oh my God, I'll be there soon. And so I like jetted over to the vet and he's literally five minutes away from us and, um, got there and met him and he walked right up to me and was like, hi, so cute, adorable. And we took lots of pictures and everything. And my boss told me that um, she had a friend who had a mare that, uh, or an acquaintance rather, uh, that had a mare that had just lost her baby uh, the day prior. And I was like, I mean, that couldn't be more perfect. Let's see if it works. And so we got the mare there. And um, it's, it's very hard to talk about because I don't feel great about it because as an equine welfare advocate it's like in this circumstance what do you do do you take the baby away from the mare and give it to another mare uh, and try to let your mare heal and let her body be good or do you let her mind be good and keep the baby with her that's really the dilemma we were in and it was the biggest ethical and moral dilemma that we've been in with this. And like, you know, we've, we had to use a nurse mare for Astro because uh ghosty died and uh, a month after he was born and it was absolutely tragic. It was the worst. And I mean, that was fine because we just got the mare in and they bonded and they were off to the races. Everything was great. But, um, you know, Sonny was like, I've never had to take a mare away from, or a baby away from like a, you know, all intents and purposes, a healthy living mare that like, she's losing her baby and it feels awful. And I was like, I know I don't like, it's one thing to conceptualize it and to be like, yeah, of course, that's what we're going to do. That's what's best for her. She's a horse. She doesn't get to make the decisions because she doesn't have a brain uh, like a human. She does have a brain, but not like, you know, problem solving, thinky, uh, human prefrontal cortex brain. And, uh, so we were like, of course the right decision for her health is to take the baby off of her. So her body can use its resources to heal her and not grow this baby. 
and especially if we got another mare that's like ready to go, let's do that. But to actually execute this is absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, it was very, like, I knew it was going to be hard, but this was actually just horrible. And I felt so bad for Raina. Um, you know, we had her sedated, but she was just crying for this baby. And the other mare was, like, not into it. And did not take to Rory at all. And I'm going to be honest here. I don't know if it's right or wrong. And if you have like a strong opinion about this, I'm so sorry. I, I really don't know what the right call is, but I know what feels right. I, in that moment, I really didn't want her to take to Rory. I was like, I want Rory to go back with Raina. And it was so hard to watch the whole situation that I ended up just going and sitting in the stall with Raina. Um, and you know, like nobody was being like physically like beating. No, none of that was happening. The other mare was mildly sedated and hobbled. So she couldn't hurt, uh, little Rory and Rory was, I mean, he's just, I don't know why he's just amazing. He acts like he has been handled by humans all his life, which I mean, he has, but for like 10 years. And, he was all cuddly with Sonny and me and, you know, our vet left because he had other patients there, but like we were just waiting and anytime he'd get close to his mare, she'd just pin her ears and kick out at him and he was scared and we were stressed. And so, you know, they, they let it go for a while and I was just like, I can't, this is stressing me out so bad. I like, I, I just want to go see how Rena is doing. And I went in there and she was just hollering for him. And, like, I can't express to you guys enough, like, how absolutely tragic it was. Like, we really were trying to do the best thing and do right by them. And I went in her stall and she, like, you know, she still can't hardly walk because she just gave birth and her feet suck. And so she, like, hobbled over to her hand alfalfa and started eating. And I was like, well, maybe I'm, you know providing a little comfort being here because she's she stopped screaming for him um and she just like munched on her hay and alfalfa and you know I know that I am probably attributing some human emotions here but also like animals feel grief we know that from the uh like I took an animal emotions course and the neuroscience of animals does show uh Yak Panksep uh, said that there are seven like identifiable animal emotions and grief is one of them. And uh, there's like this, I think it's a movie or a documentary or something about a crying camel. And that, that came back to me in that moment because it, I mean, it could have been dust, but I looked at Raina and she just had tears coming out of both eyes. And I was like, she's just resigned herself because she knows she can't do anything. She's not super mobile. Her feet hurt. Her life sucks. And her, her baby, the one thing that gave her a purpose and gave her like something else to think about other than pain, um, and food just got ripped away from her. And I was sitting in there just like, this is not right. Like, 
and we had another nurse mare lined up from like a, like an actual nurse mare place that um hormonally induces it um and we were which is like i don't I just i i can't get behind the ethics of that but also like in the situation what else do you do is it better to bottle feed and deprive them of that contact with other horses and the safety because i mean you can't be with them all the time i don't know again another episode i can't get into that um and ultimately not my decision that i would have made (laughs) so uh you know i was just like i really really hope that this doesn't work and that rory can come back with reina and consequences be damned i i think she would rather this and I walked back in there and I locked eyes with Sunny and she gave me that look. I knew we were on the same page and she was like, and I was like, okay. So we, we went and, um, talked, uh, like had a sidebar, if you will. And she was like, I am thinking, and I was like that we should give Rory back. And she was like, exactly on the same page and I was like this is terrible it's absolutely horrible we were trying to do the right thing I can acknowledge that but we were wrong and I really think that she needs him and he needs her and she was like I completely agree I'm very afraid that this mayor is going to kick him and he's going to get hurt and I think he's stressed and I mean he wasn't like acting like super like panicky but he was like laying down and sleeping in the corner and we were like this is absolutely tragic. It's kind of the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And so we just did it. We were like, you know, whatever. Uh, I talked to her and I think what I said was something to the effect of she's, she's probably not long for this world. Anyway, I hope that we can get her feet sorted to where she can be comfortable, but she's never going to be able to be turned out in a field because she can't handle the sugar and the grass And she is probably going to spend the rest of her life in a stall on a very restricted diet in those cloud boots. And even if we can get her out of the cloud boots, you know, we could give her her yearly vaccines or dewormer. I actually dewormer. I'm not sure about but vaccines like they can cause another founder. And so it's just going to be a constant struggle with her and not not just for us, but a struggle for her. You know, her life is not going to be that of, you know, a regular horse because the people that had her before us did her so dirty and just did not care about her. They cared about whether or not she could reproduce so they could sell the babies and make money. And it's it's really, really tragic that she's suffering from that. And it's also frustrating that we have to deal with it now. And what's also frustrating just on like a super personal level is that like I feel obligated to talk about this because I don't want to post videos and pictures of Raina and Rory and people be like why is like why are you doing that the mayor can't walk which I will say having 400 pounds off of her she walks much better than she was she was damn near immobile uh before she had him and now she's getting around quite easily um and I'm hoping that from what I know about hooves that having more movement because, you know, the foal moves and she will move with him a lot more than when she's just in a stall by herself and didn't have a baby. Um, I'm hoping because hooves work like extra hearts, right? So when horses are mobile and they move, it's like a, a plunger. So it 
the blood pumps down when they step down and when they lift the foot the blood shoots back up you know to circulate in their bodies so when they don't move they have terrible circulation and the hoof can start to uh die and like basically be suffocated out of blood and so with her i'm hoping hoping that the extra movement with the support of the cloud boots that she'll start to um have better blood flow and it might help because judging from her x-rays i don't have the most recent ones but she has grown like two to three millimeters more of uh soul depth so she's i mean she's growing something so you know i think it might be helping it's so hard to say and i'm very afraid to jinx it but um you know what i was saying earlier is that it's just it's so frustrating because we're really trying our best and i just honestly can't be bothered to deal with uh, the horse world judgment that i feel like is somewhat inevitable uh it's just there's no right answer to this but we did end up giving him Rory back to Raina and she's very happy about that and she stallion rolled her neck around when we gave him back to her and she, uh, it was a very clear don't ever take my baby from me again and so what I said to my boss right before we did that was look she's not long for this world her life is never gonna be that of regular horses and we don't know how long she has but she's either like I see three outcomes, you know, she's either going to like, if we take the baby, she's just going to be so depressed and she will probably give up at that point. And we will either have to euthanize her or she will go on her own because of just the pain emotionally and physically has happened before. Um, and second alternative is that she, um, we, let her keep the baby and we uh we just and she gets to live out the rest of her days with her baby and we do our very best to make those days very comfortable and wait on her to let us know when she's ready to to let go and um three I forget what the third one was uh or, or three we take the baby away and she recovers uh, but like the thing is recovery is relative because her feet are never going to look like these. She's never going to have regular coffin bones ever again. Her, her bone has completely remodeled and been deformed because of the neglect. So she's never going to be a hundred percent sound or comfortable and her life is going to be greatly restricted. So we, we can, we take her baby away from her and focus all this energy on rehabbing her but where is she going to be mentally because she can't get out of a stall I mean she can be hand walked but like not like other horses that can move and be out all day and all night grazing and roaming and exploring and browsing and foraging like horses are supposed to and so it's really just a tragic life and so what I said to Sunny was like look she's not long for this world either way and uh, judging from what I saw today and what I know about this mare is I truly believe that she would much rather spend the rest of her life, even if it shortens it, with that baby than away from him. 
And so I, I, that's what I think we should do. So that's what we've done. And she completely, she was like, I was going to tell you the same thing. And, uh, you know, we've had other people that we've talked to that said, you know, without prompt, that's, she would rather have that baby than not. And I, I just, I can't see it any other way. It's unfortunate that we had to make that decision and we're put in that position, but like, I don't know what the right thing to do is. And I, I, I've done so, so much research and I, I know so many protocols but it's so hard because there are hardly any like there's hardly any information available about a pregnant mare that has laminitis and has so much damage done to her bones so it's like okay great all of these articles tell me how to work with a foundered horse but they don't say what to do when it has a baby on its side and needs to produce milk for that baby. So I I don't know. We're playing it by ear and consulting with our vet and hoof care professionals and just doing our very best. Um, they went out and bought a like a 50-foot round pen and we put it in Zoe's field under some trees that stay shady all day long. Put a water trough out there and a hay net so that they can be out in a bigger area. Uh, but you know, in a couple months, we're probably going to have to reevaluate that just because I feel bad for Rory. Like he has, he can't grow up like that. And Raina can live that way. I mean, that's, that's all the option we really have. But Rory, it's like, he's a baby growing full and doesn't need to bear the same suffering that, you know, was dealt to Raina because of some awful people. So um, I just, I really hope that in this situation, we're not also falling into that category of awful people. I really, I can't express enough how much we all care about this mare. And like, we have a lady that feeds fodder who was there and, uh, when we were trying the nurse mare and she, Sunny and I were all like, trying really hard not to cry. Like it was, I, it was very, very heartbreaking. And, um, we were just all like, this isn't, this isn't it. And the fodder lady was like, um, she told Sunny, she was like, I almost called you (laughs) that night because she left before we gave Rory back to Raina. And she was like, I almost called you and said, give that baby back. Cause she like, and she was like, but it's not my place. So I wasn't going to say anything. Um, but today I saw her and she was like, I am so glad. But yeah, I spent my morning. That's why I went to the vet today uh, because I had to go get them. My boss is out of town. So I had to drive her truck and trailer to the vet, which is only like, like I said, only like five to seven minutes away from us. But um, the issue is not getting there. The issue is leaving because obviously I have Raina, who is very unstable, but very, very like stout. I think Raina's probably like 15, two, three hands maybe 16. She's pretty like, she's not super tall, but she's a big mare. Like she's built like a brick house. And so I was like, Rory is very dainty and little baby boy. So I'm going to go so slow. And I, boy, I had a train of cars behind me, but I was like, 25 is what we'll be doing. 
because it's windy and I'm not about to risk either of these little precious lives back there. And so I made it back and everything went really smoothly. So, yep, that's kind of where we're at right now. They're both back here with us. Rory is so perfect. He is such a dork and he just is so cool. Like we've had so many babies in the past couple of years. I mean, we had Astro, Dexter, Sterling, Simba. Azula was five months old when she came to us. So she was already a little bit older, but like baby babies. And every one of them that I have met straight out of the womb are like very wary of people. And Rory is not. He is all about it. He wants you to scratch him everywhere. And like we had to bring them into the stall tonight um, just because it's, you know, there's no shelter in the uh, round pen just yet. And we don't know if it's going to rain tonight. So we went ahead and brought them in to where they have that little run out area, but are in the stall. And uh, you know, usually you can just lead the mare and the baby will follow. Not Rory. He doesn't care where she's going. Uh, I mean, every now and again, he would like circle back with her, uh, but not, not like other babies. And so I had to loop the lead rope around his bum. And normally I would be like, let's take it slower. Let's help him understand. But um, he's in a field with Zoe Amber, Azula, Astro, Six, Silvers, and Zach. That's seven horses. And those horses do not approach slowly or politely. They run up on you and are like, what's happening? And if they decide they don't like you, it's ear pinning and a butt spin to a kick. And so I was like, we need to move, be out of here. And when we realized that Rory was not following Miss Raina, and then she starts panicking, I was like, okay, so... I only had her lead rope that's attached to her. So I looped it around him as I'm holding her and I'm leading both of them. And the guy that was there to help me was like, what do I do? I was like, get the gate. <laughs> like I've got them. I'm trying not to get run over because there's eight legs coming at me right now. Um, but like he was so chill with that. Didn't have a problem with it at all. And then when we got a little bit closer. We had to like separate them. And then I was just hugging him, leading him. And he was walking with me. And then half of it, I was, had my arm over his back and he was walking with his shoulder pressed up against my hip. Like I was mom. And so he's just like very trusting, super cool little dude and very willing and curious and perfect. I love him. He's amazing. And so I'm really, really excited to see him, you know, get to grow up and we only ever have, like, the boring breeds. No offense. You know, I stand thoroughbreds for the rest of my life. I don't want any other breeds except thoroughbreds. But, uh, you know, we have Irish Warmbloods, American Warmbloods, Quarter Horses, Appaloosa, Thoroughbred. Um, Wiley was the coolest one we've had in a while because he's a Russian Warmblood. Whatever that means. And, uh, but Reyna is an Andalusian. And Rory is an Andalusatano, <laughs> as I have decided to call them. But all in the PRE family, I believe, which is Pura Raza Española, I believe. My Spanish accent is not so good. I've been out of Spanish class for a, a while. But that was my minor in col undergrad college. Um, and I actually did a presentation on them. And I would love to go back and listen to it, except it's all in Spanish. And I don't remember what it means. But it was, uh, 
I did do a presentation over them. So I know that they're fun breeds, very prone to laminitis, however. So, you know, just people out there breeding for color and for confirmation and not for health and well-being. I'm looking at you, racing industry, and your terrible feet and PRE breeding and your terrible feet and metabolisms and quarter horse world, your just extremely questionable confirmation. Um, and just like horse breeding in general, the amount of incest and breeding for stuff that is so cosmetic. I mean, I guess it goes for dog breeding too. Some of the German shepherds I've seen, cause I, I love me a good shepherd because I have one, but, um, some of the shepherds out there look like their hips are moments away from just snapping right off because they sit like this and, or stand. I mean, they're set like this rather. And Myla is like, has a straight back. So I'm like, okay, thank you little backyard dog. You might actually be better off for that. But anyway, that's where we're at. That is the position we have been in over the past couple of days. I was absolutely exhausted yesterday. I, had to just well I guess it was Tuesday I don't remember oh my god it's Friday what happened I lost the last two days I think because Tuesday just absolutely took me out it was such a long day of being there at the vet I went three different times and then had to hold horses for the farrier and had to do some other stuff in between I mean I think I was working from seven till I walked in my door to be done at 540. It was a very long day and I'm not used to that. And it's also like just now it's been 60 to 70 degrees lately and this week it decided to be 90. So it's been very hot on top of all of that. It's just not good. So it's been a rough week and, uh, you know, amazing. So exciting that we have this baby and that he's here. Like our vet told us she's probably going to abort it. You know, she's probably not going to bring it to term because her uh, she's not good so the chances of this baby coming out too early and uh or being alive when she does have it it's not so good but he is perfect he's healthy he is adorable lovely and I'm just oh over the moon with him it is such a I just, I feel bad that his birthday was a little rocky, but I'm just hoping that we can keep things moving steadily and stay on top of making sure that rain is okay. And just, we're just having to keep an eye on everything and play it by ear at this point, which is stressful, but we really don't have any better options. And I do, I do honestly believe we're doing what's best for them both at the moment. And you know, it might change what's best for them in a month may look different than it does right now. But I, I think we're all open to that. It's just like, right now, this is what they need. And we're going to respect that. So that's what we're doing. And I hope that you guys can understand it. And like I said, this was not how I thought it was going to go at all. I was very, very, very convinced we were going to, um, get a nurse mare because that was the best thing to do for Raina and the best thing for the baby as well. And so, but to be in that situation 
like I was so set that we were going to do that. And I was like, it's going to be, it's going to suck. It's going to be awful, but we have to, but it's much different being there. And you really just can't know (laughs) until you are in that situation and see how heartbreaking and tragic it is. And so, you know, maybe we let the emotions get the best of us, but, um, even our vet who is historically very like not all into the lovey-dovey horsey emotions stuff was like, no, give him back. And we were like, okay. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I hope you guys get it. I, like I said, I feel obligated to talk about it just because, uh, I don't want to have to be like strategic about how I post pictures and videos of it because she doesn't look like she walks well, but it's all relative because, oh my God, she couldn't walk before and it was horrible to watch, but she's much better now. And I'm really hoping that getting his weight off of her and being able to trim her easier will be life-changing for her. So I'm really, really hopeful and I hope that we've done the right thing. So I hope you guys get it and can appreciate that it's it's been tough and also fall in love with Rory as much as we all have. He's he's perfect. And I didn't think so at first because I thought he was kind of goofy, but just at spending 10 minutes with him, you're like, oh, this baby is so pure. Pure raza. Pure bread, Spanish, pure Spanish bread. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's amazing. And I think that you guys are going to love him and I'll keep you updated. So yeah, Hmm. let me make sure. So I asked on Instagram for you guys to ask me some questions, like what you wanted to know about him. And I forgot about this until literally this part of the episode. So do we know who the sire is? Yes. We're going to try and get him papered. I don't... Oh my God, sorry. I don't know his name at present, but I'm hoping that I'll get that at some point and can like show you guys pictures if I can find them. Uh, can I spam post pictures 24-7? 100%. What color is he going to be? He is a red roan, a dilute, a cremello cross bay. How soft is his baby fur? Oh my God, he's so soft. The softest, actually. Like, ugh. I just love him. He's got all these like little ripples on him. So cute. Is he going to be for sale when he's older? I, he literally was born three days ago. I don't know. (laughs) Um, breed Andalusitano. What will he do in the future? Show jumping dressage hunters. I mean, I think PREs are typically in the dressage world. Um, I'm not sure what they do out West with them. I know overseas it's typically like upper level dressage, but, um, again, born three days ago. Don't know. (laughs) Uh, will I be keeping him? He is not mine. So, uh, that is entirely up to my boss. Uh, again, I think daddy's, uh, Carmelo Lusitano. I need to get his name and more information about him. My boss was telling me about him and we were both so excited that I like totally forgot. Um, see his baby feet. They're in some of the pictures I posted. He's so adorable and was like hamming it up big time for the camera. Uh, he absolutely adores scratches and future plans. Any other foals coming? 
So uh, it says obviously subject to change. So we don't know what we're going to do with him. Uh, I, I do believe we're going to try and get him registered. And I assume he'll probably go the dressage route. Um, dressage. And do we have any other foals coming? So Silver's... Uh, who I posted about a couple days ago. Her uh, jockey club name is Silver's York. Um, she's uh, by, her dam is by Arch Arch Arch, uh, who is a, like an Arkansas, a famous Arkansas bred, thoroughbred. He won like the Arkansas Derby or something. He's pretty cool. And I actually met him when I was in Kentucky for Rolex, I think like the first year I went. He is very handsome. And so anyway, this mare is if you guys remember peanut i posted about her a while back we were going to name her katara but then we revoked the name because we sold her so fast um she uh she was also sired by arch 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 so uh silver she is bred to a gray stallion named petrov who is by flatter who just passed like a couple days ago and flatter Homer, the horse that we had that I was riding pretty consistently, Homer was had flatter either, I think one or two gens back, and he was so level-headed and so calm. And this Petrov stallion was like that. We met him. He's at our vets, and so sweet, so like just sensible. And everybody said that he's like the best, and that flatter offspring are like pretty sensible and level-headed. So we bred Silver to. Uh, uh, not flatter, Petrov. And so we'll see. Uh, we did check her a couple days ago and she is pregnant, but I have to take her tomorrow back to our vets to make sure that she's not going to have twins and like take care of that if necessary. Sorry if that's controversial to say in the States at the moment. <sighs> Infuriating, but that's not this podcast. Okay. There's so many other podcasts for that and I am not intelligent enough to talk on it, but. I'm, it is a struggle not to, okay? Irritated by that whole situation. Rights, human rights. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. You know, I'm just a silly woman, second class citizen. Um, what do I know? Uh, could he be in a cuter? Is this Max Cuteness? I think so. Who is the mama? The mama is the one in the pictures, homegirl, home person. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the questions that you guys asked. I hope I answered them. Sorry if there, some of them were redundant. I'm reading on the fly. Forgot to prepare. What else do you expect? But oh, I bumped the mic. But yeah, so that's what's been going on. That is the the situation. Very happy to have the boy. And um, yeah, I feel like I dropped a lot of information in this episode. But this is, I, I really like this format, I think, because... Uh, let me let me give you a gift here. Some of my favorite podcasts. Very, really good. Curtis Connor. Um, the Basement Yard, Joe Sanagato. Other People's Lives, also Joe Sanagato and Greg Dybeck. Um, Unhinged with Chris Clemens. Love that podcast. One of my faves. Uh, Psychology in Seattle with Kirk Honda. And H3. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, and I, I really like the format of just kind of starting out the episode light and then having like a, a topic that you actually want to get into later, because I feel like it kind of like, you know, eases the episode in and it feels more like a conversation. I think 
and I, I like the structure of H3 for that reason. Um, shows like Very Really Good and Unhinged are great because they have segments and they also have like topics that they want to talk about. And I appreciate that. But also like a horse podcast, there's not a whole lot of like equestrian news. And like also I don't care. I don't keep up with sports and stuff like that in the equestrian world as much. And so I like talking about the more horsemanship aspect of it and like what what's going on, you know? I feel like that's more interesting. Not that I'm more interesting than like horse sport, but just the like regular average equestrian and training and behavior and just learning about them. So I think that may be a structure. Please tell me what you think. You sneeze. <laughs> that was free you're welcome <laughs> Just anyway I have yawned sneezed coughed I mean now the roof of my mouth itches does that happen to anybody else when you sneeze like the roof of your mouth itches really bad and you gotta like itch it with your tongue scratch it with your tongue got it so bad okay I gotta stop uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to subscribe, comment, rate it, whatever. And uh, you can see more pictures of Rory on my Instagram at Jet Equithery. The podcast Instagram is Equithery. Like, what else do you need? I think that's it. So I'm going to bounce. Thank you guys so much for watching. And I'll catch you next Tuesday. Okay, bye.